0: You are now. I
1: gotta fix stuff. About to witness
0: the awesome uh, crushing a might. Of the U G S Robinson
1: show. Let me let me fix it so you don't have dick the whole show. cuz somebody might like it. Stop
0: it! Sneak attack. What's up, my friend? Welcome to the show that seemingly kind of almost never ends. This is V. A. Oh, what? Hold on. V. A. No. Wait, wait. I'll get this right. V. A. Two. Ah, ah, ah! I got Eric Coney on. Nice to see you, sir. Um, this show is gonna have some things that dovetail based on the UFC Fight Night 160 in Copenhagen, uh, and the Brad Pitt movie *Ad Astra*. A little bit of that. A little bit of filthy sex story. And of course, the inevitable non-complaining about money. But first, the words from Bob Riley, singer for Stigmata, offer of their Calling of the Just record. The song is called Intro All of Nothing, still available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California. Look it up online where they hit your car with a hammer. Just go to the search bar, Type in stigmata, calling of the just. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back and full always nothing. All right, all right, let's jump to
1: it. Um, I somebody or well, somebody like somebody like YouTube sent me uh, metrics, and they say. That every minute, oh, let me move over so I cover the penis. Every minute that I'm over an hour, um, I lose 13%. So you guys clearly, you you had about an hour, and you can't really take much more of that. So I get you. I got you. So let's keep it to an hour. Uh, non-complaining about money, this is the uh, 29th. This is the last show of September, which means Patreon will get a hold of me uh, probably three days into it. Uh, before the week is out and let me know whether the non-commercial aspect of running uh, 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 the Eugenius Roberts the Show Stomper has actually worked. I'm not going to tell you whether it works or not. One of these days is just going to come and it'll be like crickets. Oh, yeah, I'll still do the uh, JJB. We have a JJB this week based on the uh, Von Fluchoke pulled off by OSP, who was my pick but was slack as fuck. And, yeah, UFC, but we won't get into that. I want to get into something else. And, oh, take a drink. The penis will not be denied. The poster fell. Let's see if I can move it over instead. <laughs> How do you like that? Uh, it's leaning into me. It's like training at the Sarau Academy. On the occasion as well, I got to uh realize every compliment's an insult, every insult a compliment. And the other day, despite my best efforts of avoiding it, I have uh, uh, gotten a, a stripe on my uh, brown belt, and I'm I'm planning on attending the the uh, worlds in December in Long Beach, but then I find out, much to my chagrin, again, they start they start the, they just decide to start the worlds Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. You know, hey bro, I, I got you BJJ for life. But the reality of it is, what grown adult man can scoot off Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? At the age of fifty-seven, take time off from of work to do a fucking jiu-jitsu competition. I'm not fucking ten. Got a job. They used to be on the weekends. How do I know? Because I used to do them. Anyway, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk a little bit about. Um, I'm sitting there watching it. Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you the kind of the the, couple, the two steps into watching a movie these days. First of all, if you're not already doing this, you should do it but you should never ever ever if there's a movie that you that you that you want to see it, and, well, if there's a movie that you want to see don't read about it don't watch the previews because then you're like a child and a child if you if you have children and you're reading bedtime stories you may know that your kid asked for the same story 3 or 4 nights in a row or 3 or 4 weeks in a row there's something pleasant about the familiar So people don't want to discover anything. They want to rediscover. There was a, at the movies last night, there was a preview for some movie where they funded, oh, uh, Underwater with the chick from uh, uh, Twilight. The one who's got like one facial expression. Kristen Stewart. And uh, I mean, pretty much you don't have to see the movie. You don't have to see the movie. So I don't know what you do. Stay, get popcorn, close your eyes, avert your eyes, or forcibly force it out of your head. So, but Ad Astra, yeah, I'm a Brad Pitt fan, like the guy. Um, you know, I uh, decided uh, the wife and I decided to see the movie. It was late. We went for the late show, nine fifty, which for old folks is kind of late, you know. We had a tough day. She had a, a, a performance, and I had I rolled, and there's a lot, a lot of stuff. So I go see this movie, and, and I, I was aware enough of, of, of the reviews to understand fundamentally that what was happening is we were getting, it was great, it was about toxic masculinity, ga-ga-ga-boo, ga-ga-ga-bang, the movie was fantastic. It was a, and, and I realized to a certain extent that, you know, they say there are two levels of conversation. There's the one which sort of adheres to the Hitlerian three types of secrets. There's the one that you hear now. There's the one that's unspoken and one about future events as yet unknown to borrow to steal a line from uh, Hitler, uh, sadly, on Rosh Hashanah, no less. For those of you who celebrate. Happy Rosh Hashanah. It's a new year. It's a contemplative time. And we got to look, we got a few few days between now and Yom Kippur when it's like a miserable one. So at least now the the atonement thing, get your apples, get your honey, enjoy yourself, knock yourselves out. All right. So, so, so Brad Pitt, who I like, I think he's been having a conversation with his ex wife. I don't know what line he was crossed. And I think people who typically drink a lot are not really super mindful of the lines they cross, but apparently And I hate to get into TMZ TMZ land, but there's like one degree of separation between me and dude. So I feel perfectly justified in doing it. But he, uh, you know, on the plane and he got into something with his uh, teenage oldest son and uh, apparently it was a nuclear, a a relationship nuclear bomb, right? I have, well, to my knowledge, I have never had a relationship nuclear bomb my relationships have ended, they have been wars of attrition. Not even war- wars are not are, are not the are not the uh, 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 correct term. You know that scene in The Good and the Bad and the Ugly where he says, hey, you know what, I think a man in your condition, if he saves his breath, he might make it. That's how my relationships have ended since I was about 19. 18 and 19, it was a miserable sudden death. You show up, what is that? Um... That great line from that special song. Where did you get that blank, blank expression on your face? It's been one of those. It's like, huh? I think the vibes are kind of weird. And then got bingo done. <laughs> Only to have them come back 20 years later and say, I made a terrible mistake. I love you like I've never loved anyone. Q clown music.
0: Wah, wah, wah.
1: So I think he's having this conversation with the crazy broad, the one with the eight kids or whatever. What's her name? Uh, Joe Lee. And, and, and by way of that conversation, I think it's like an apology conversation. Now, I've never I, – I, I think very carefully. So I, I've, I've not, in a relationship context, been one of those guys who says some shit and then has to apologize for the shit, which makes the shit that I say really, really tough, right? Because you know it's considered and to the greatest to the greatest degree possible as close to what I hold to be truth as anything else. That's why arguing for me, it's better to keep it intellectual. It's not good to get it fucking emotional. I remember having some somebody goad me into, into having an argument because she thought it, it, it was a dent uh on uh, my masculinity that I was afraid of what it would uncover. So that we would have to just get it all out in a very Italian way. We didn't scream and argue at each other, and then we could be happy. And I said, "Oh, well, if you want to argue, and you've heard me tell this story before, but can Donna Shalala me on my own show?" I said, ah, "I'd say that you are, a, you know, you you are a, um, a corrosive. Uh, I think I may have used the word bitch, actually. So you're a corrosive bitch who's going to ruin your life and the lives of everyone around you." That shit hurt. And she paused and goes, you're right. You're too mean. We shouldn't argue again. And I go, great, because I'm open to discussing stuff like adults, not assholes, which comes from Tony Schiffer, German label head at one time. you I hope we can do business as adults, not assholes. Okay. But he's apologizing with these movies. I'm not saying that makes the movies any less genuine. He was also the producer or the executive producer on the movie. But I'm sitting there watching the movie movie and after the movie kasha asked me she goes what did you think you know i said well this movie is designed to appeal to a certain type of man and i'm not that man you know these men out there running around you know okay so brad pitt's like about three years younger than me i think about that that's about right four years three three two or three years younger than me you know and this generation where the fathers were men in transition So our fathers were men who grew up with World War II cats, the strong, silent thing, and they were men of the 60s who became, you know, it's all right to cry, even big guys do it, and got in touch with their feelings. And they gave birth to to men who were somehow riven, right? Like the men from those years, my generation, me and Brad Pitt, who grew up with sisters are generally okay. And I mean, I went way beyond that. Had, uh, with the four sisters, and now I got the three daughters, and then and uh, you know, I got uh, multiple aunts, and you know, all uh, tons of women in my life even before the age of five. Consequently, what I've noted is that if I think about the great times in my life, some of the greatest times in my life I had. This is we could tell around Christmas time, which we're coming up on, holiday season. You could tell people who, who were situated in a, in a nice way during those first, say, 10 years or 11 years of their lives because they don't get creeped out or skeeved out when the holidays come. I loved it. I loved it. I love birth until about 11. But I am not even, you know, my parents argue and stuff. So what happened? Why do I arbitrarily out of the air just now? Why do I pick 11 or 12? Why do I pick that number? What happens at 11 or 12 that would change my orientation? Fucking puberty. That's what happened. Now, now I remember You know, when people who say things like they had identified their sexuality very early on. Yeah, okay, you've heard me tell stories about dropping my pencil under my teacher's desk, Virginia Gibson, when I was six years old. And even though I was six years old, she and I had a very special relationship. She would go on vacation and send me postcards. She didn't do that with any other students. We bonded in a non-sexual way. It's possible. I mean, I'd hate to think about Miss Gibson, who is now very, most assuredly dead, as, as a pedophile, but I don't think it was sexual. I think it was an elementally, um, uh, the Greeks probably have a word for it, not philia, but it was, it was a... A, 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 eros is not the word that i'm using it was an extreme like i liked her she liked me and i didn't couldn't make sense of it but i remembered more than my share of time dropping the pencil into this so i could look under her skirt i never talked to anybody about it, never told anybody so this was the evidence for me later on when i cared to consider it that but in general in general what i ended up doing was pursuing my own ends a lot of reading playing I was always very much into 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 fighting or, or, you know, somehow exerting physical dominance over my reality when I figured out that people wouldn't leave me alone. And when did things get confusing? Things got confusing as puberty started to kick in. Oh, me and my buddies would talk about, I think Wendy's kind of cute. Yeah, but she never comes out. Would you think we could... Maybe we can play a lot in front of our house, and she'll come out. Later, we discover that Wendy was being systematically sexually abused by her brother's friends. Her brothers were old, possibly her brother, possibly her father. I felt bad. He, we loved her. We thought she was beautiful. We were great great. Then we like, OK, how do we do this? How, there was confusion. Before that, no confusion. After that, confusion. Now high school got a little bit better. You gotta understand, I was a pretty enough kid so that by the time I was twelve years old, there was also weird confusion because people couldn't tell whether I was a boy or a girl because I had such a pretty face. I started lifting weights when I was nine, but probably at the age of twelve is where I really started to pour it on. I said I didn't feel shameful that people thought I was a girl. And then like I I grew up with enough women where there was no shame in that, but I was wanted to be as I was. And I'd also had this, you know, this uh, you know, masculine nominative ideation connected to how I believed I saw myself as a man and it involved lifting weights and muscles. And so I did go to high school at about at 14 years old, had to go to summer school. Girls, you know, now I realize that pretty much 14-year-old girls are not thinking the same thing as 14-year-old boys. It's not that they're more mature. They're just not thinking the same things. That's fine. Or maybe they are, but they, they find other ways. Boyish slash girlish looking male celebrities. Who knows? I don't know. In my high school, not much. Everybody's very focused. there one of specialized high schools. So... But then disco hits at at 15. And I have a very clearly defined role in disco. I was let in the studio 54. I thought because I was a cool guy. Apparently, I believe it was probably because they thought black guys are drug dealers, and so they let me in. Whatever. Got into disco, spending a lot of time around high people, also getting high. Very young, still clearly pretty, did all right. We come back to high school, it was like a culture shock. I mean. But they could smell the difference. Lost my virginity. If you watch the the care don't care, where we talk about went where uh, under what circumstances when I was fifteen. Thought, wow, this is going to be a now nah, this is great. This is going to be a, a a part of my life now. But I was confusion, resolution, confusion, resolution, confusion, resolution. Didn't happen that way for everybody. No. The cats that were getting printing up t-shirts that said Disco Sucks were not getting their fucking knobs slobbered on in a back room at Studio 54 when they were 15 or 16. They were not. They were taking confusion, and there was no resolution. Now, of those cats, the ones that ended up doing all right, in my mind, are the ones who had sisters, strangely enough. Now, those guys who surrounded, grew up with men in numbers, they didn't get out of those high school years unscathed. They started to see women, as Travis Bickle said, as a union. Now, Brad Pitt's personal life, I believe he's got a sister, but she's a younger sister. I don't, I don't remember. It's a, it, the point is not Brad Pitt, clearly. Yes, yeah, so I, I used to teach the hustle. <laughs> ah, ah, we're still confusing it. You hustle in New York in the late 70s. I was asked if I hustled. I didn't know what they meant. I thought, well, I used to to teach Spanish hustle or Latin hustle. I didn't really realize that the guy meant male prostitution. (laughs) I haven't talked about that actually getting cash for things. That's for another story for another day, but not in the late 70s. That's another story and not uh, exclusively with men or with men at all. Well, I'll just clear that up now that I brought it out. If somebody were to pay you $200 or $300 for beating them up, would you do it? I'll leave that there. So, anyway, so um, there's not confusion resolution. And so, right around this time, these men who were, who were, uh, had confusion and no resolution, you'll discover there started to be a steady, drum beat of men beating drums. First glimmer of this, these guys who are essentially turning to their fathers are going, what do I do? What do I do? And the father's going, I don't know. Fucking get some sandals, light some incense, get some flowers in your hair. What the fuck do I know? All right? These guys are lost. So what's the first glimmer of shit that I hear in the 80s? As soon as these men realize, my father is not worth a good goddamn, Iron John, I don't want to, let's go back a little bit for those of you, Iron John, men going off into the woods with other men trying to recreate a circumstance where collective animals they recreate a circumstance by which societies were created, football teams were created, armies were created, men with men talking about man and somehow chatty fucking men, in a genera- the first generation of really chatty men sitting in the woods confirming for each other their reality. And that whole uh, Iron John thing was answered by the squishy, sort of lefty Leo Buscaglia with the hugging, and it was a hugging thing. And hugging, and I remember some guy describing he he read the Leo Buscaglia book on hugging, and then he remembers seeing his World War II father, and they had not, be, and he went to hug his father, and his father goes, "You touch me, I'll knock you out." Which made me laugh. You were supposed to have a lot of sympathy with the son. And me, as a guy who's got a fucked up relationship with his father, it's a sympathy for the son. I understand. Get your fucking hands off of me. Now I, I, I hug my friends. I have no compunction. You know, jujitsu based on Brazilian jujitsu. That's very huggy. You hug your friends. Hello. You're at the match. You hug. You shake. You hug. At a time, I was so happy to be at a competition. I actually hugged the ref. That's fine. But at the same time, I think that the father was responding to, you know, I don't need your fucking pity. It was not, hey, dad, how you doing? Give me a hug. And that wasn't that. It was, like, ah, dad, come. Don't need your pity. Those cats are going to ride or die on that uh, 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 on that hill. Forget about them. So now from Iron John to Leo Buscaya, the Leo Buscaya thing causes the other cats to look and go, <laughs> doing that crunchy granola-y shit. And they snap back hard. So now that brings us to Leo Buscaglia, Iron John, guys in the woods hugging and crying about their fathers. That brings us to the 90s. In the 90s, I have an association with Gavin McInnes, former editor, and one of the founders of Vice magazine. During the same period that Chuck Palahniuk wrote the book Fight. Now, this was a an, an ap- largely apolitical post-punk rock uh, uh, male disaffection with shit um, around them. Gavin made his bones doing the vice do's and don'ts, which made vice big. Because they were funny, scabrous. They got sued for them. They, they won that suit. And it was just like, uh, Mr. Who was that guy who used to, uh, well, uh, Mr. Mr. Rockwell, I think his name was. Who used Mr. Blackwell? Maybe his name was. Who used to rate say these ho- really horrible things about how celebrities dress after every award show? This very catty gay guy, Mr. Blackwell. That's what Gavin did. And then at one point, Gavin said uh, he put out a post and he said the post. There was no internet then, really. He put out something. He said, "I will fight anybody." I was like, "Cool, here's my chance. I'll fight you, Gavin." He goes. Anybody but you. Right? Why? can get. I he goes well because you do this all the time. I'm just talking. Dovetail with the Chuck Pianick thing. I see it now when I see men around me who are young men. They've distilled distilled the worst elements of 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 a pre pre woke masculinity and and post woke masculinity. So, so uh, uh, Gavin goes to a Klan rally as part of this kind of immersive journalism thing that they had going on back then. And he says, he writes about the Klan rally and he says, I, I, you know, I left and I realized that 90% of the shit they were saying I agreed with. <laughs> they lost like four hundred and fifty or $750,000 worth of advertising in the 90s and they had to get rid of Gavin and Gavin went on to do this thing called not street justice street something or other before he got to the proud boys but it was in his head and he was like i'm i'm not apologizing i, I, I how many times am i gonna bend a, bend a knee to this idea that i'm somehow deeply fucking flawed and chapaignick from the again the lefty side of the thing was you know, the whole fight club thing, you know, we live these, you know, Morrison coming in packages now. Our rebellion is fucking sold back to us. We are caged. We are civilized. And we got to, we got to do something. We got to FSU. got to fuck shit up. Bringing us to, you know, then there were the 2000s, there was a 2001. There were some guys who were really fucking shit up. And then there was actually the parallel of, of being sent. I had guys who saw um, – I had two, two categories of guys. Pete Guy, whose father used to sing for the coasters, got busted selling stolen goods in, like, 82 out of the back of, of his car. The judge said, you're a good kid. I'll give you a choice. I'll give you four years in jail, four years in the Marines. He took the Marines, went off. I had Chris Sabino, who used to be, sing for this band, Juvenile Justice, saw Rambo First Blood. Now we're talking 83. was so affected that he went to the military, fucking shipped off. I have a guy named Patrick. Uh, his family is around here. I'm not going uh, to say, uh, uh, 2001 attack on the world trade center. Patrick signed up, was killed in the streets of Fallujah, uh, not even like 10 months later. Each one of these were attempts to define and to calculate your fucking or project your masculinity in, into the future. Were they successful? Well, to me, the only thing that succeeds is success. So, uh, And dead people have succeeded at one thing. I'm not going to shit on the guy's sacrifice. I'm not doing that. Guy had a nine-year-old daughter when he left. She is now, well, you can do the math yourself. She is uh, now in her late 20s and grew up without a father. Because of him not having had a, he went in search of father. The whole Judeo-Christian, now that we're talking about Rosh Hashanah, the whole Judeo-Christian catalog is based on this search for father. Father, why hast thou forsaken me? Forgive them, father, for they know not what to do. That father is largely silent. So this whole movie, uh, I haven't gotten much sleep, man. I've been thinking about this. (laughs) Thank you for noticing. So this movie has got this guy searching for his father who's gone to Neptune. I'm not going to spoil it for you. I don't want to go into the movie. But essentially, it's an extended meditation on his search for father, his father's failure to embrace fatherhood at the apex of the movie. And this doesn't spoil it. He says, you know, I never loved you your mother. It's pretty common. You've heard me talk about my father being an academic and it's 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 tough. You know, these guys are focused on other shit. They don't pay attention to their kids. The kids grow up. Well, fine. I'm not worthy of being attention. I'll pay attention to something. But you know what I've never had a problem with? I've never had a problem with fatherhood. That is me as a father, because I don't have a problem, fundamental problem with masculinity. And that doesn't mean I'm running around with flowers in my hair and sandals. I will fuck shit up as often as possible. Not because I want to, but because, as the wife said at one point, she was worried about me meeting my father-in-law and said, well, he's very unpredictable. I was like, (laughs) and she goes, you, on the other hand, are very predictable. She didn't want there to be any fisticuffs or an exchange of blows. The guy says something out of pocket. It's easy. He speaks only Polish, so I my Polish is not suitable for family time. So I, I think there's a bending of the knee. There's a genuine If if it is Mr. Pitt's sense that he is doing things that do not benefit him in the future, and he has to make a, a, you know an alteration, that's fine. That that is fine. But you should hope, I think in the movie, he was 57 in the movie. I think in the movie, by the time you get to 57, you got to lock that shit in. Because I got to tell you, honest to God, now, though I'm well past puberty, my life now at 57 is much more akin to the way it was at nine. Why? Because this is not complicated. Confusion, solution. You know how often I have to deal with that? Zero at 57. Zero at 57. And this dovetails nicely today. One of the reasons I'm tired is because I've gotten back into swimming, speaking to the Diaz brothers. And so I trained. After I trained jiu-jitsu for two hours, I went running. About half an hour after that, I lifted weights, squats legs deadlifts and then i swam swam so i am a little tired but one thing i noticed you've heard me talk about going to this new gym there's the relatively new since they cold close gold gold's gym and you know the guy who threw the rope at me uh, who then subsequently was arrested for breaking into the women's restroom at, at three in the morning and uh, What's his name? Damian Quincy Jones. You can look him up in the newspaper. Disguising his voice as a woman and creeping in the shower to get in the fist fight with. It's the same guy who threw the rope at me. It's a case of mistake, I think. thought I was something else. Or the guy who starts to, you know, we go into the squat rack and the, yeah, that fucking guy with the fucking chalk. Oh, my God. That, that got me thinking as well. So I've had almost two or three near fights in the gym. But I go in today. And I go, oh, this feels much more like a gym. What was the fucking difference? Kasha and I have been working out together the whole time. If you read the fight book, Fighter, everything everyone to know about asking about free asking for asking, you would note that I said in the fight book, there are three times when you're likely to get into a scuffle as a man. When you're in a you're in a couple, well dressed and in a hurry. Any three of these things separately will get you into a scuffle. Them all together, the likelihood is very high. That was the first time. Today was the first time that I've been in the gym since she and I have been together without her. Yep, well-dressed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. In a hurry, in a couple, uh, uh, in a hurry, in a couple, well-dressed. And you could kind of add kids in there. But no people at this point, you know – Uh, Yeah, I guess he was. That's the guy who started with me. He's out of his mind. Five foot... Look, whatever. That's not the point. The point is, I go to the gym today, and the, the vibe around me is very different. Why? Because I'm a solo man. Apex fucking predator. And I'm moving slowly. I got all the time in the world. I'm alone. I got all the time in the world. You know, some guy's using something. I go over and start to take it because I don't really finish it. And I look up. I see them go, oh, oh, it's okay. This is very different than when I'm here. I go, oh, wow, man, I should read my own book. So there's things that are baked in, biologically baked in, that no matter what the chatter says on the internet sphere, you can't get away from. And so these men who are now are like, that's it, I'm done, I quit, I tap out, I'm not going to, I got I got friends like that. I was going to almost identify the guy's connection. Moved up to Northern California and just like, I'm done, I'm done, screw it. At one point we were, we were hanging out together, he, he, he paused, I go, what? He goes, I just had a moment of realization. I go, what's that? He goes, all the women I've been with have been pieces of shit. Come on, come on, come on. This is magical, mystical. This guy grew up, grew up with all brothers. Of course you would think that. They're all pieces of shit. Now the only women he has any kind of constant, continual relationship with, who he doesn't work with, who don't work for him, are prostitutes. There's nothing wrong with going to a prostitute, unless the prostitute is a sex traffic victim or a child. But, you know, there he is. Because just like in Carnal Knowledge with Jack Nicholson, it's a carefully defined relationship. No, that was, took that confusion, resolved it. Confusion, resolution, done. So this movie was an attempt to to find a solution to a confusion for which there should never have been a confusion. And that was my problem with it. Bill Burr touches on that. He's like, okay, you give me white privilege. So, you know, you're in the fucking jacuzzi with me. You're in the jacuzzi with me. There's a fucking cat a fucking ring his fucking neck. Sorry. Like Bukowski said, it's not the big things that drive a man crazy. It's the shoelace that breaks with no time left. Small things. So there's, you know, so, okay, if he's trying to win back a woman, if he's trying to win back his kids, well, okay, I I got you. You can do what you got to do. But the people who are sitting there trying to meet their quota on deadline, writing articles about this being an antidote to toxic masculinity, you know, (laughs) there's no such thing as toxic masculinity. (laughs) They're toxic attempts to resolve the confusion, but the confusion is shared. You know, when I interviewed Chris Rock, he said something interesting to me. He goes, you know, my grandfather, fundamentally, I'm going to paraphrase it. He goes, my grandfather don't have, didn't have the same problem. This is when he was married to his first wife who, by my lights, he treated like crap. I spent the day with the guy. It was like, man, this is uncomfortable. He said, the difference between me and my grandfather is my grandfather actually listened, uh, didn't listen to these women. That's a paraphr- rough, rough paraphrase of what he said. He, he was rankled, this guy who was never successful with women when he was in his prime confusion resolution phase, pretty much in high school, if you watch, you know, Everybody Hates Chris at his TV show, or hear him talk about it, this guy who never, never resolved it correctly or healthily. Now, I'm going to tell you something else. I interviewed people on the set. Sue me if you want. One of the people, he had a room, and you may have heard me tell a story. I'm talking about Chris Rock. He had a, 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 a his dresser. Um, there were two keys. He, he, he had a key and his dresser had a key. So if he needed something on the set, it was a remake of uh, that uh, Warren Beatty movie that did terribly. That's what was on the set of that. So if he, if he, uh, he uh, not heaven up here, I can't remember the name of it. So if he needed something on the set, if he, you know, uh, shut up. So if he needed something, if he needed something on the set, she, as his dresser, would go and, like, get it. So she goes back to the trailer. He's got one. No, not Ishtar. So he, he's got a key. She's got a key. He, She goes back to his trailer to get something. The, opens the door. He's getting his dick sucked. He's getting his dick sucked by the other dresser. They couldn't figure out why this woman was on the movie. She was distinctly talentless, you know, and was not a good dresser. You know, the dressers are the ones that get the wardrobe ready for. And just couldn't figure out why she was there. There was not. I met this woman. There was not. His wife was fucking slamming. She was fucking a Harvard lawyer, smart, funny, really kind and nice to me. Seemed nice to me. I didn't have to live with her. Seemed nice to me. Cute. <laughs> Not Dick Tracy. Come on, come on. It's Chris Rock, the movie where he did the 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 where the guy dies and then he has to go back to Earth and then to reprove himself and then to come back and then you know Warren Beatty. Yeah, Warren Beatty was a Dick Tracy, but the remake of uh, I want to say Heaven Up Here, but that's a song a record by uh, fucking uh, uh, Echo and the Bunny Man. But anyway, so this so uh, you know Heaven Can Wait. Thank you. That's it. So, uh, um, so you know, you get, look at yourselves, think about your lives, you know, confusion, resolution. Sometimes you may think the confusion is so big that you can't, you don't attempt to resolve it. And then you find yourself at 57 years old making crap movies, trying to win back some kid with eight kids, a chick with eight kids who's out of her mind. Not my problem. It's not like I'm not without problems. I've got problems like anybody else, but (laughs) confusion resolution. That's all. That's it. How how, how's this tie into UFC Fight Night One Hundred and Sixty? Well, it ties into UFC Fight Night because if if you don't watch Care, don't care. You wouldn't know that I beat the ass. Yeah, yeah. You know what? Men don't... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fucking kill that cat. I'm going to kill it. So men, men don't... Men, men don't buy books. No, you, you, Women are not going to buy that book for you. And you're not going to fucking read it. So why buy it? It's easier to do like this. But... Uh, so you don't... You may not know. On the Care Don't Care last week, uh, we now have a guy who's got the great URL, workshop individual... He did a statistical analysis based on who's had the most cares and within those cares, the most, the most, uh, I think I tweeted out the most correct picks and so on. So Steph was like, I'm the number one best, and I crushed it. By which I mean I came in number one this past week. But one of the most controversial picks at the time was them picking Hermanson. John Nash picked Hermanson. Steph Haynes picked Hermanson. And I picked Kananier. And Kananier confirmed my pick after he beat the slop out of Hermanson with his post-fight speech, which got mystical and weird. Mystical and weird. And I said on, on Care Don't Care, which we did a few hours ago. If you don't want to know about my day, we don't have time to talk about it, but it was hell. And right now, you can see, I got chemical burns in the back of my hands. I had to move the Chevy. Look, the good thing is I'm getting a horn put on the Chevy that plays the theme to the Godfather. <laughs> that was a birthday present from the wife. How the fuck do you like that? That shit is great. <laughs> <laughs>
0: fuck off.
1: <laughs> so uh, but I said about Canir, you know, some there's some cats who get in that cage and they look to the other side and they're like had like the Jay-Z moment. I won't lose. There is no planet on which this guy is being it is inconceivable to me. And faced with that Alexander the Great gene or the gene expression on your DNA chain, you really you become you be like, you know, Alexander the Great at one point said, you know, if we climb the sheer face of that mountain, we can drop down behind the enemy and decimate them. And his guys were like, What are you out of your mind? I'm not doing that. This is really dangerous. He goes, huh. All right, I'll do it. See ya, so long." And he starts to do it. And he- of shame they follow him and sure enough they drop down behind the enemy slaughter them all just it's not going to happen and i've been detecting this the guy dropped down two weight classes some guys who are good are motivated by fear of being bad that's how they've that's how they've taken that confusion and resolved it but some guys are good i think in his instance the, the, the moment this the, the moment of Satori, the kick in the eye, the moment of, of breaking in the consciousness came when he saw how the Usi treated him when he lost. Didn't taste that good. And he goes, oh, I get it. No, it's purple now. You can't really see. He goes, I get it. And then he fought like a man possessed. Two weight classes down. I won't lose. You know, if, if, with the with the benefit with reasonably attractive men who are reasonably biologically uh, healthy. You know, Japan is going through. A, they're talking about societal collapse because nobody's fucking in Japan. The birth rate is like, really? This is why if you go over to Japan as a single man, you will rack up. One, because Japanese men in Japan treat their women like garbage. Don't argue with me about this. I've been there many a time, long time, tried to see something different, have only seen that. And I and you gotta understand, if I'm there, I'm not always hanging out with fighters, you know, with musicians, band people, going to restaurants, fraternizing with the natives
0: you not fucking
1: you got to realize your for a man your prime confusion years sans resolution are going to be between say 14 and 22 onset of puberty exiting puberty by the time you're a man in your late 20s if you haven't figured out that the gyre the gyre has turned you're, you, you're not been paying attention. You haven't been paying attention. Uh, I go to, uh, the wife has got a poll competition. I one of her friends shows up and uh, she said, oh, she was crying. It was terrible. And I could tell right away. She goes, when am I going to get the answers? When am I going to get the answers? She's saying. And I was like, hmm, how old is she? She's 30. How come she didn't show up with her boyfriend? I guess they broke up. You know who's who's recognizing the power of resolution right now? That boyfriend is like, fuck it. I'm 30. No. And prime women doesn't equal. You're missing the point, man. It, it's not about them. It is about you. Guys in Japan are flying the white flag because they haven't resolved the confusion that comes from the prime confusion years of 14 to 22. They, they haven't sold it up, so when they see it standing right there in front of them at the age of 30 or 35, they don't know what the fuck is happening. You now, and, and if you don't think women who are, have a midlife crisis like men do going into 40, you're absolutely positively wrong. If you are a man, man, my hand is actually really fucking burning still. Not so much worth the trouble. At this point now, this is a train that you can't get off. I mean, like I say, there is a the halcyon period of my youth when I was eight or nine years old. It was focused and had abilities and it was not really, you know, didn't. Have, but once you're settled with biology, that's the train right until the end, which is why you can't trust old men. But <laughs> they let that guy out of jail, been murdering people. He's like, "Oh, we, in the interest of justice, the guy is eighty. We're gonna let him out." As soon as that guy was out, back to committing sex crimes. <laughs> I know guys. I know guys who who did statistical analysis of places in the world that had the highest per- percentage of single men. A guy I know. His name. His his punk rock name was Jake Action. He figured out it was Minneapolis back in the 80s. So I'm not getting late enough here. I got single men, single heterosexual men, homosexual men, single women. And last time I saw Jake Action, who was a balding engineer of in his late 30s, he had two women. He said, like, Yeah, <laughs> showed up. One under each arm. This guy was an engineer at Intel, moved to the Midwest. I was doing some engineering thing then, some kind of chemical engineering. Shows up with two women to a whipping boy show. Yeah, Eugene. Yeah, you want the... yeah, Mikasa Sukasa, bro. <laughs> ah. Oh man. So Cannoneer stands across the cage from from Hermanson. It's like, I'm not losing. I'm not losing. Not losing, not losing. And he didn't, crushed him. So let's go go, go through the fights. Um, because this ties in. Um, yeah, the cat, the guy, I, I can't stop the cat yowling, man. I can't. Yeah, um So I'm sorry. You, people are texting me too. Yeah. The Barabbas effect. That's another thing. Right. <laughs> ah, yeah. Where was I? Everybody set me free. They must really love me. Oh, oh yeah.
0: Kill that guy.
1: <laughs> so, um, so, okay, let's get, let's get the fights. Cause there were a lot of don't cares on this fight. So I don't need to. Let me uh, take my, my hand that is burning and uh, it, it, I, I've been washing it, but I, clearly the washing is not helping the chemical I burned on my hand. I used to hang out with grease monkeys all the time. Those guys, they're all dead from cancer now, but they, uh, <laughs> they would spill stuff and just not give a shit. But my hand is burning um, and I spilled that stuff hours ago. So let's see. Uh, I'm, I'm pulling this up right now. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Yeah okay. Uh, okay. So where is it? Where is it? How come I can't find it? Yeah, I, I, maybe it's because I'm woefully underprepared. It's this new. I'm gonna blame the new. Uh. Uh. The, the thing, the new YouTube thing. Okay. Here we go. So. Um. So. Um. Cannoneer. Um. I think he got a taste of the oopsies' disregard, and I don't know that he'll ever hold the belt. I'm not ever sure if he will ever. Uh. Um. Yeah, you know what? But the, let me tell you about the problem with Thailand. For a Negro, people in Thailand are generally darker, and in, in that internalized, in that ter- internalized self hatred they have, um, they don't esteem uh, African American men are not esteemed, which is not so much the case in Japan anyway. Um, so, Canadier, um, he, he crushed him. I don't think he will ever hold the belt. There's a strong possibility he will never hold the belt, but you can be guaranteed that he will be. He's on that on that Gustafson track. He may be end up being the executive um, executive gatekeeper, and then he may square himself with it and keep doing it, like a Robbie Lawler or a couple of other guys who've gotten a sniff, or he may do like Gustafson in his writer mind should have done and left, just leave. Now Namala is whining about coming back. Forget it, forget it. He should have done so. Who knows? But the guy definitely. um, No, I I think. Yeah, all that stuff. I think it's inspired now. On the upswing, it's inspired. It could be crazy talk. It's crazy talk when the guy starts to lose. But you can say a lot of stuff when he starts to win. So um, uh, the other, the co-main, Marco Madsen and and Danilo Belardo. Who cares? Uh, Gilbert Burns, Gunnar Nelson. I picked Gunnar Nelson because I had to put um, um <laughs> I had to put to bed the the the, the geek thing. So Gunnar Nelson has graduated to GICTA status. So I can stop thinking about him as a potential or a prospect. And Gilbert Burns was he like Denny Green once said, flipping out, he was who we knew he knew he was. I should have picked Gilbert Burns, but I just couldn't. I had to lay to bed the Gunnar Nelson thing. So that was one of my picks that went down in flames. I still came out number one, beating John Nash, who was number two, and beating Steph, who came in number three. Yanka uh, Kudalaba, uh, the Khalil Roundtree. I picked Khalil Roundtree, uh, the Romanian cat I trained with Kudalaba because he's Moldavian, Moldavian, which is, the language is very close to Romanian, almost Romanian. He I mean, I understood hundred percent of what the guy said. It just sounds like he said it with, in Romanian with an axe, a Russian accent. Um. Khalil is on the opposite side of the page from Cannoneer. Just did. Looked across the cage. I don't know what he thought he saw, but I got to tell you, that cat. I'm not going back to Moldova. You know, I'm not going back to Moldova. I'm not going. I'm not. I, I'm not going. He fought like a man full of fury. Good fight. Uh, I'm going to try to keep the time. Over in St. Prue dull as ever but he did this thing i i love uh michael uh unless you if the wife was in here i'd ask her to pronounce it i can't pronounce it um the guy was beating him from pillow to post before he got him with a von flu joke and now they're talking about taking that away from von flu and calling it the osp he's slack he was dull and terrible to watch but he scored he's the fourth time the only guy to do it four times four times and he did it to the guy and the guy knew he was coming how did you like to make that highlight real god damn that's got to sting got to sting you, you you be working on uh, uh you know yeah we work up you should i don't know i don't know this where do you, where do you go i mean at least at least now michael Alexis, at least now he's kind of moving from a don't care to a care so that's the very least. But me, him being on my radar is probably the least of the fucking – I mean, I start to think, yeah, the fights are great. Where are those guys today? I, I don't mean today, like in the future today. I mean right now, you know. Uh, so let, let's go through. Dalby and Oliveira. I picked Oliveira. Dalby, they were alluding to his dark period of his life. I didn't really give a fuck about Dalby until they said he was grappling with depression and alcoholism, and I was like, all right, care. And it was in one case of a local guy actually like, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, like met his elementary school teacher, don't give a shit. Ex-girlfriend, don't give a shit. I'm showing up. I'm not going down as a fucking drunkity, drunk, 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 drunk. No, I'm not. And and, and that's it, right? What, there was John Phillips and uh, Alan, I'm going to get records of that. Muhammad Murdo, Chirico, Love is Painting. Uh, there was uh, Ishmael Nardov. Oh, everybody's talking about the Olympic wrestler guy. Uh, uh, there was uh, Chicka DC and Brenda. Uh, you know, whatever. I don't have a lot of time. I got to get through. Lena Landsberg and Macy Chiesa, they got Somebody tricked me into caring about that. And I picked Mark DeCasey beat Lando Venata. That was sad for me. But I, I knew, I, same, like... I knew dear Casey would look across the cage and go, I'm not letting fucking Lando Claricean beat me. No way. I hate fucking Star Wars. No way. And he did not. Uh, Lando, I think think he's got to square him. Yeah, I think he's got to square himself with a different type of future. At one point I said that to my ex-wife when our oldest daughter was kind of messing up. I go, the reality of it is, I think our vision of her future doesn't really jive with her vision for her future. And we got to face the facts. It's like somebody died. She pulled herself out of it. I'm glad she's back in school and so on. So, uh, Jack Shore and Nohelen Hernandez, whatever. Uh, and that's, that's it. Uh, Bellator, uh, you know, you know, I'm still, I'm still punishing Bellator. You got to know this because of that. And it's weird that I'm going to pick this to die on, um, this, this heel to die on with, with John Fitch, but he was done dirty. R- Rory McDonald didn't win that fucking fight. Didn't win that fight. They just didn't want that old man. Um, um, they just didn't want that old man um, fucking fighting a Madison Square Guard. They didn't want him. Um, and what other fight? Gegard, Musasi and... Um, I'm a big masasi fan i like that he won but you know i, I just i'm not gonna go towards 28. i i'm not gonna i'm not gonna I'm sorry man get your house in order uh i i don't know what to tell you i i feel bad i feel bad somehow not recognizing them you know because it makes me feel like I'm in the pocket of the bald one but i i just you know i just i don't know you, you need to come up with something to, you need to come up with something that's, uh, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. It still sticks in my craw. Will you want me to make believe I'm happy with it? I'm not. Uh, so they're giving the breakdown. I don't want the, I don't want that. uh, Petriki, uh, uh Michael V. Page. I guess that was the one big storyline that came out of Bellator, and I got three minutes left. My, uh, my uh, And getting, Dan a yeah, pushing him, calling him a piece of shit. You know, the show, remember what we said, showboarding is what you do when you get at, you know, when you get to the cage. Grandstanding is what you do inside. There's only one circumstance in which grandstanding is allowed. And as far as I'm concerned, Michael Van Apeci, if you're fucking winning, go back to Tito. Go back to Tank, who is now challenging Ryan Bader in Bellator. Um, You know, if you won, unless it's one of those things like I'm going to run up the score to 100 to 0 and fuck the other team's feelings. It's like, you know what, maybe the guy talks smack, but the way Bellator is done, I, I found damn out ought to be a fucking fairly decent guy, but clearly what happened is he just felt like, you know, you just beat up a child in terms of experience level, and you're fucking celebrating like a dickhead, like you would, you know, in other words, Bellator gave you a gimme fight, and don't act like the gimme fight was like, like the World Series, yeah, Holly Holmes, yeah, yeah. What do you mean? Oh, yeah, come on. If you think Holly Holmes is gay, you're wrong. I'm not telling you how I know. I'm not saying because because she was married and she got divorced. She could be bisexual. I don't know, but she, she, she has evidenced a sexual attraction to men. Just let leave it there. Let's leave it there. I don't think Michael Bennett Page is good enough to come to the UFC. I I I think he would. He's made a, a calculated decision and a smart one that he would rather rule in hell and serve in heaven. And he's certainly getting paid as uh, enough money to do so. He's got Enough money to do so. So um so th- th- so there you go. There's a UFC breakdown. There's a Bellator a, a little a little light touch because I'm still peeved about the Rory McDonald thing. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. I did say that. Uh, I did write an article about being sexually harassed. I wrote about it for Ozzy. I just type in my name, sexual harassment, and uh, I I, I threatened to sue. And the company was like, "Uh, "Well, what do you got?" And this was in the early days of email. I had all the emails. Who cares? Well, you know, when I was in high school, dudes were, you know. On the subway before AIDS hit, the guys were always hitting on me. Good. The reality of it is, though, I only care about people who want to have sex with me. <laughs> That's confusion resolution 101. Yeah, okay, we'll get down, down a weird rabbit hole here. Those of you just listening on the radio, you can't see the comments. But now people are talking about Tonya Evinger. <laughs> so you know, how do we get there? I don't know. I don't know. Not to my doing. But anyway, so coming out of this one, we talked about the fight coming up uh this weekend uh on the carrot because ideally care don't care. We've been doing look back, which is a purview showstopper, but not even so much. Looking forward, you know, we have this one coming up, and I think I had two cares on the card. The stakes were really high. Stakes were very high. Two cares on the card, though. Man, oh, man. I think the headliner and then the, and the, the co-man. <laughs> ah, ah, you see? This is what we're saying. After the age of nine, whether it was pre, you know, there's only pre-puberty. Everything else, everything else is really just puberty.
0: Got <laughs> grown, men. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: What I'm saying, and let me let me see if I can sum up in a minute, since the show has got to end at some point. I think I, I think what I'm saying is that is that um, you know men tend not to be really super verbal, right? So that means that our evolution through through the 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 dire straits of the dire straits of of, um, the dire straits of, of uh, uh, you know masculine ideation. It's gonna be slow and subjected to you know the rocky shoals of other people's ideas. But the reality of it is, you know, you gotta go with Popeye on this one. I am what I am. You won't hitch me. Some uh, SOA, Henry Rollins' first band. I like, guess a song like that, I can't remember. Never know, never show. I'm not a I'm not a subject. You go change me. Won't change me. Won't change. Sorry. I mean, and, and, and you find the number one leadership quality is, is that is that not implacability, but the, the the essential wholeness. Where's my car? Right there. Who's driving that car? Me not hunkered down some desert community only consorting with prostitutes i'm in the mix look the worst thing for most of us now the worst thing that that, that the worst thing that can happen to you if you are an adult male involved in a in, involved in a relationship be it heterosexual or homosexual the worst thing that could happen to you is that you discover that your partner is cheating on you I think it was Susan Sontag or Gloria Steinem who said, most men are worried about being embarrassed. Most women are worried about being killed by those men. In other words, the average woman's a lot more on her plate in terms of concerns about future uh, living than that, that you do. You know, being embarrassed is not, look, you know, you've heard me tell that story about sitting around the table with all those Brits and them saying, hey, who's that girl over there? I go, that's my girlfriend. And them all exchanging looks at me going, god damn it. Yep, if you watch Care, Don't Care tomorrow afternoon, you will see and hear that I have picked Bobby Knuckles over at Israel. Israel has been the anti sukaju Jew, or he's been kungled. They've been giving him a nice pick of guys that he could tiptoe his way through to get to where he's gotten, but he's not reached down to his bag of tricks and shown me any real grit. He's going to get his ass kicked. I could be wrong because guys who are stylists like him get in there, but I don't. I don't think so. And the three types of secrets do look. The worst thing that could happen to us is that we discover we discover that our our partner is cheating us. And and again, like Gloria Steinem said, the worst thing for most women is to discover discover that their husbands are the boys or the men are trying to kill them. So compared to being cheated on and killed, I'll take being uncheated on any day. Yeah, I mean any day, any day. And, it, and I'm not saying that because it hasn't happened to me. I told you I was sitting around the table. And they go, oh, who's that? My girlfriend. They all look. They go, got oh, goddammit. Nah. But it was just goddammit like an inconvenience. Like, this is something I got to deal with. That means I'll, I'm looking at at least one, possibly five heart-to-hearts to talk about why I did. I'm sorry you weren't paying enough attention to me. They get that. they get that. Don't want to be there. And it didn't happen that way. Somebody said, oh, Eugene found out he's going to kill everybody. And everybody was all freaked out. And I was like, nah, you don't realize. You have resolved a confusion because the confusion was in my head. Is always go with this relationship or leave this relationship? Go or leave? Go or leave? I'm confused. Should I stay? There are benefits. There are also drawbacks. Oh, she had sex with somebody else. That's so long. <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm laughing because I started thinking about the woman who who I was like giving the chip, chill out after five months I didn't talk to her but she had a perfect record she had dumped everybody that she'd gone out with so she called me five uh uh she got called me five months after I stopped calling her I was like ah I got caught and she goes um yeah I, I think we should really get of move beyond this relationship I'm like okay she's like are you kind of feeling the same way I go yeah yeah and I didn't, add, I didn't add the dickish thing of like, well, you know, you can tell because I didn't call you for five months. And she goes, well, okay then. that's. She wanted to preserve her record. <laughs> Fighting smart like that is how guys like Israel, I didn't say, yeah, 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 got to where he is. It won't get him by Bobby Knuckles. If you watch Care, Don't Care tomorrow night, tomorrow afternoon, you'll hear me say very much the same thing. All right, I went over again. So maybe a new show is now, it's now 67 minutes. Maybe that's what it is. I don't want to get it. I don't want to rob Care Don't Care preview because uh, it, it comes out tomorrow afternoon. Tuesday night, 7.20, we got uh, If I Did It, uh, which now it seems like we're settling into Ms. Tech as a regular host until she's busy or has got to leave. That that will be as it is. She's been very quiet in the comments today. I don't know if she's here or not. What happens if I click this little thing? Do I, I can't tell. Um, and uh, yeah, you did get robbed, but it'll be online on the Eugene's Rob's show stomper YouTube channel, which is also where the JJB, yeah, leave a like, set a notification. So, you know, I'm going to put up the new JJB. We go into the, uh, the Von flu choke always. I'm not going to call it the OSP joke right after. If I did it, we go, if the shoes fit with Laura Schooler uh she maybe she's settling into a, a permanent uh a, a, a host she revealed in the last five minutes of last show that we have a connection outside of 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 uh if i did it or if the shoes fit creeped me the fuck out i was like i was telling the story she goes i know who was driving the car in that story i was like oh how do, how do you know that she goes well i'm friend with lord oh no you know too much. <laughs> you know, people who know me since I was like 18. That's creepy. So Laura School, also known as Bullpen Betty, on uh, uh, If the Shoes Fit. <clears throat> so this is out. Uh, 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 if you follow me at Eugene S. Robinson on Twitter, you know I'm tweeting the articles out. Sex Column is out. It's probably it's probably was out 30 minutes ago. I'm going to tweet that right before I put out the JJB. Um, and that's the week. I think I have an article coming out later in the week. But if you follow on Twitter, you get it. I know some of you hate Twitter. What can I do? What can I say? Anyway, uh, that's it. What was cryptic? What? What? I, I, I'll clear it up for you right before I go, as I look for the can the end stream button. Uh, gotta type it quick, cause I found it. Uh, you didn't get it in time. This, and I would have answered whatever you asked the cryptic thing. Anyway, <clears throat> I'm choking to death. I gotta get the chemicals off the back of my hand. Look at it; it's burned. It's like something out of RoboCop. Oh yeah, no, 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 no. She's she's friends with an ex of mine. That's all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So So uh, anyway, that's the end of the show. Uh, this is V82, Eugene S. Robinson Showstopper. Thanks for listening this far. We'll see you soon. Remember, September 30th is ending tomorrow. Don't know what that means to you. But if Patreon.com is your jam, go or not or not, or not, that's a threat. Anyway, we'll see you soon.
0: Look what you made me do!